0: Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. In this episode, I am going to break down the sixth vital sign, why we all need to add this to our check-in process. And at the end, you'll get an opportunity to match your persona. Are you rock, paper, or scissors? We're going to play a game. You'll get access to a free quiz that will assess your burnout and what you can do to start steering in the right direction of painting your ideal work-life masterpiece. What is the first thing we do during a crisis? We check vital signs, right? They keep you alive. That's why they're called vital signs. And you can prove you're alive by placing one finger on your neck or on your wrist. You can feel your pulse. You can feel your temperature, your respiratory rate. These are vital. So what is the opposite of vital? We would say death or the absence of vital signs. And as a child growing up around a funeral home, I was quite familiar with how this looked. My grandfather was a mortician, so I spent my afternoons After school, watching my mom put makeup on deceased bodies and watching her sweep blue eyeshadow over the lids of old grandmas, outlining their lips with careful red lipstick. It was definitely a unique childhood. While my friend's Barbies had dream houses, mine had many funerals, and I learned a lot about grief. Grief is a part of the human existence grief is expected. Watching grieving families helped me understand that this is a process of being human. It isn't just the death of a loved one or a friend or family member. Grief is a loss of what you thought would be. Your expectations aren't matching the reality in front of you. All of us are going to experience grief multiple times in our lives. In fact, we've normalized this as part of the human experience. We have vocabulary around grief. We have ways to help support the processing of grief, and we encourage the expression of grief in the healing process. Interestingly, if we put our brains under a functional MRI during the grief process, the brainwave pattern is exactly the same as burnout. And yet somehow we don't normalize burnout in this society. We act like it'll be if and not when. It's a shameful secret. It's difficult to recognize. People don't reach out when they're burned out. And this is why we have epidemic rates of suicidality, chronic mental illness, depression, and isolation, especially in healthcare. Stats are showing 63% of healthcare practitioners admit to feeling burned out. And those that don't, 96% 96% agree it is a problem in healthcare. And we might want to point that one finger of vitality over to one source, like electronic medical records. We want to blame EMR for the downfall of our vitality in our profession. That's understandable. When you look at how we are displaying and upholding the delivery of medical care, we show that 50% of our day is spent charting. One clinical hour equates to two hours spent inside an electronic medical record. In the past, once EMR was unrolled, we had on average 77 messages to a provider during one day. After the Cures Act, which allowed the release of lab results without any explanation or context by the provider, that increase the amount of messages to 146 on average per day to a provider. These are messages from patients that are anxious, uncertain, wondering what these lab results really mean, further burdening our doctors and nurses with trying to explain and alleviate this health anxiety. And yet, EMR is not the cause for burnout. It only accounts for 20% of the variance in burnout. When we reach the levels of stress and burnout, this is chronic amygdala activation. We're raising our cortisol. We're shortening our longevity. One study showed that in the first 12 months of training, a physician's telomeres shortened six years. We're aging ourselves. Burnout increases the cost of healthcare because we make decisions that maybe aren't congruent. We're practicing defensive medicine. We're unable to connect to our emotions. We're burning out. Residency directors, one in three are burned out. And it doesn't even have to wait until you are an attending. We're seeing signs of burnout in medical students and residents. We want to blame a lot of things. Electronic medical records is one of them. But also when we poll our physicians and providers, we see bureaucratic tasks are named as a cause of burnout, lack of autonomy, the inability to control time or schedule, lack of respect from patients, government regulations, and something like a pandemic has pushed our rates through the roof. But guess what? The kids know the answer. There is one root cause of burnout. And if you ask kindergartners, 100% of them would get it correct. The answer is what do you do? That's creative. When was the last time you played? 100% of those kids would raise their hand. Fast forward to second grade, maybe 50% would consider themselves creative or even admit to playing and then adults they they feel that to earn that badge of creativity or To invite play is something of a luxury, something that is reserved for when you have time. We've lost that connection to how healing that can be. Creative flow is coined by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, who is a Turkish American psychologist over 20 years ago, put these symptoms together to explain that flow state is quite honestly the opposite brainwave pattern. As grief and burnout. It's the only time your brain produces all five neurochemicals of happiness. You feel elated. You feel grandiose. You feel like you lose track of time and you are attuned to all five senses. Mihai goes on to characterize flow state having one or all of four characteristics selflessness, your ego dissolves, you're working or striving towards. A fun project, but really the goal isn't even important. It's you're enjoying the work as it's coming at you. Timelessness, you lose track of time, it either elongates or collapses, and you feel this effortlessness, which is the third characteristic. Your skills are matched to the challenge at task. On average, the challenge is maybe 4% more difficult than what your skills have. So there's a little bit of a gamification. And the fourth characteristic is richness. You are attuned to all five senses, truly embodied and feeling everything dialed in and focused. It's a sense of hyper-awareness. You may have felt this as a child with your hands in greasy finger paint. You didn't even hear the teacher say that recess is over. And maybe as a student, you learned to play a musical instrument. And you were able to feel that instrument vibrate under your fingers. You could make sense of it all, feedback from your senses, altering the tune of each note and the rhythm. And maybe as a college student in a game of pickup basketball, you engaged in group flow. You were able to read the micro expressions on your teammates face or the body language and communicate wordlessly to achieve your baskets. Maybe you're surfing on a tide or downhill skiing, but we can actually feel flow in our job. Think of the operating room when it's an orchestra of movements. Everybody has their own task and they work together in an effortless and grandiose fashion to experience this group flow. When you are primed for flow, you produce 100% more meaning. 200% more learning and memory capability, and 430% more innovation. Not to mention, you are 500% more productive. And this is not about let's be more productive and efficient. This is about just the simple feeling of flow. It feels good. Flow allows you to connect to your emotions. And when Mihai Csikszentmihalyi explains the research behind flow, you see That teaching medical students how to dip into their creativity allows them to be more resilient and playful. It allows a greater longevity. Those people that engage in routine creativity and play note improved self efficacy, improved scores of well being, and feeling more alive. We can understand how to communicate better. We make more intuitive decisions that are clearer. And in one study, they trained surgeons to move that sweat spot of effort into the sweet spot of flow and found that their tasks felt more effortless and patients actually healed faster. One of the main problems I see in functional medicine is more burnout. Yep, you guessed it. A lot of our providers, doctors and nurses, they come into functional or holistic medicine as a second career attempt. Maybe they're burned out in the conventional system. Maybe they're ER or family practice or OB-GYN and they got tired of conventional medicine. So they made the bold, brave leap into a functional or integrative clinic setting. And that's exciting. I've done it myself, but guess what? you can end up being just as burned out, if not more, because we are self-serving, we're enthusiastic, we become a zealot, and we want to save the world with holistic principles. And that is a highway to burnout. But don't worry, I've got your back. I have helped hundreds of practitioners streamline and make their clinic processes soar using a flow-channeled anti-burnout process. And I've put my favorite tools in a monthly subscription delivery service, right to your inbox, no contract, you can cancel anytime. It's called the premium subscription box service. And what happens is you'll open your first box right when you sign up and you get immediate access to editable done for you Canva infographics over 60. Yeah. Six zero. And these are handmade by me that go over all the functional medicine processes. And it's awesome because patients really love visual graphics. It helps them understand. It eases your burden of explanation. You can use this in their visit summaries, in your social media, in your lectures. You also get a complimentary mentoring session with me, private, one-on-one. You also get a free copy of Right Brain Rescue. Now, each month that you're a subscriber, you get a brand new delivery. And each box will include a brand new infographic never, be seen, never seen before, vaulted master classes from deep inside my Catalyst Studio mentorship, SOPs, templates, and other tools that I use every day in mentoring hundreds of practitioners. It's like having a mini mentorship delivered right into your inbox for only $129 a month. So head over to drlarasalliercom forward slash catalyst. You can read all the details. I value transparency on everything. And I'd love to have you become a catalyst. Interestingly enough, flow state is not happenstance. Mihaly Mihai went on to understand that flow state is actually a cycle between four phases of flow. It begins with struggle. Which is beta waves in that prefrontal cortex. You're having high evidence of cortisol and norepinephrine. It feels somewhat unachievable. You're struggling with a predicament, a problem, or a task. And if you push through long enough and you have some flow triggers and enhancers to allow you, you can pass into the second phase, which is release. When your alpha brain waves come forward, you have nitric oxide released. And then After this epiphany, this aha moment, you dip into a rich flow state, which is enhanced theta and gamma brain waves, dopamine, endorphins that can last anywhere from five to 90 minutes on average. But the fourth phase of a flow cycle is often neglected, and that is recovery. It is very needed, it's serotonin and oxytocin when your brain is rich in delta waves. And the reason recovery is so important is it is an opportunity for your brain to engage in neuroplasticity, to learn from the feedback after this task was finished and to get ready for the next flow cycle, to be more attuned, more proficient, and more engaged and enthusiastic. Mihai noted that there are flow enhancers that will help your brain produce More dopamine and reduce your cognitive load, making it more likely that you will trigger a flow cycle. But there's also flow disruptors that do the opposite they fragment your attention and drain your cognitive energy. This is where Mihai Csikszentmihalyi was passionate that we can teach people how to prime flow and be more aware of a flow state environment. If you can sequence your activities and invite the ideal stack of activities and triggers, you can verifiably create your own flow every day, not just in your job, but also in your tasks and in your hobbies. Examples of flow enhancers are long, over two dozen, but we can summarize some of the most common flow enhancers are clear delegation. Whether you have clear tasks or there's a clear delegation of your team, That will more likely bring you into a flow state. Gratitude helps because it increases oxytocin and those feel good neurohormones. If you engage in regular recovery practices that allow that downtime of your brain, low cognitive brain tasks like deep breathing, vagal toning, stretching, non stimulating activities help with this recovery. Other flow enhancers are. Having control and autonomy. If you have choice in what you do and how you spend your time, you're more likely to get into flow. When the skills match the challenge at hand and it feels exciting and enticing, you're more likely to get in flow. And finally, intermittent novelty, which is why many of us went into medicine. It's a never-ending plethora of new things to learn. There is no ceiling. Medicine is a lifelong learning experiment. Now, contrary, we have flow disruptors. There's dozens, but the common ones we see are frequent interruptions. If you're trying to concentrate on a task, nothing is worse at draining your cognitive energy than interruptions. Reports show that it takes on average 18 to 23 minutes to get back into the task at the level you were at with your concentration when you've been interrupted once. If you have unburdened activities that are asking you to do excessively low value busy work or tasks during your workday, you're less likely to find flow. Other flow disruptors are having no autonomy over your time or calendar or feeling isolated. You're removed from community. You don't have support that creates this unsafe environment. And finally, no feedback. If you're working and toiling But you don't have feedback on your efforts. It's hard to know if you're even making a difference. And that is exactly what burnout is. Burnout is characterized by three things. Depersonalization and cynicism, low perceived achievement, and emotional exhaustion. Now, if we look at a doctor's life 30 to 40 years ago, we can see why they had opportunity for flow. They were able to learn about the families, from babies to grandmas, because there wasn't any switching of insurances that suddenly pulled them off their panel or assigned strangers into their panel they'd never met. They grew with the family. They were able to take time to play, putting their stethoscope to the fuzzy chest of a teddy bear and being imaginative. They had minimal disruptions in their day from prior off phone calls or faxes or paperwork or other things that are competing with their time with these low value busy work tasks. They could rely on their team. They could talk to their nurse and their staff to ask them to help with orders or testing or imaging. Whereas now doctors have to enter everything in by hand. It has to be time and date stamped by the doctor. Not to mention, years ago, doctors had more autonomy over their schedule. There wasn't the burden of so many administrators, five to one ratios of all the departments and administrators and coaches where they are instructing doctors on how to perform and deliver their medical care. And finally, we didn't have ads on TV enticing patients to visit their doctor to ask about a medication that might not even be something that would help them at all. So these 10 to 15 minute visits are spent explaining to patients why this medicine is not right for them instead of helping them understand how to attain vitality and health. The modern physician, their day is only flow disruptors. Think about it. Looking in a physician's office, where is the gratitude? Their eyes are glued to the screen. Their keys are velcroed to their hands. So they're clicking and clacking on their computer all day, looking at the screen, barely able to look at the patient to establish that psychological safety. We're practicing defensive and reactive medicine. There's really no appreciation anymore. We're interrupted constantly. Many doctors don't even have their own office. It's a multi-purpose room that they share with others. There's no ability to have downtime or restorative recovery. Not only do we have electronic medical records, but we still have papers to deal with. We have metrics to uphold, mandatory meetings, CME requirements. We have big pharma ads. United States and New Zealand are the only two countries that allow pharmaceutical companies to target patients, all of these things add up to a horrible cacophony of flow-disrupting activities. And no wonder we don't see flow in our day in medical care. But there is a solution. That same finger that we wanted to find our vitality and the same finger we wanted to point the blame at EMR can be the same finger that we can point to the sky and say, aha, I have the solution, the recipe to help you prime your brain for more flow and pedal back from burnout. Let's unpack this together. Burnout, if burnout is depersonalization, well, then we're going to anchor into personal meaning. That's the first A. If burnout is low perceived achievement, well, then we're going to highlight milestones and feedback, and that's H. Finally, if burnout is emotional exhaustion, We're going to activate embodied energy and flow. And that's the final A. Together, it is AHA, which is coined after the release phase of the flow cycle with the epiphanies where everything makes sense. Everything's connecting. AHA was famous by Archimedes. As history books show, he was a brilliant mathematician toiling, stuck in that struggle phase of flow, trying to find out the equation for a volume of an object. And as the history books say, he worked until he couldn't figure it out, and he decided to take a break and take a bath. That's perfect. It's a perfect flow enhancer. And he submerged his body, noticed the volume of water displaced, and suddenly had an epiphany, a release into flow. As the history books say, he ran through the streets naked shouting, aha, Eureka, I've got it, and then spent hours finishing and perfecting his equation For the volume of an object. That's flow. He spent hours in flow and figured this out. So now you can think, aha, which is anchor, highlight, activate. If we prioritized creativity and flow, burnout simply couldn't exist. And while we can't wait for healthcare to fix itself, the world is going to continue to be toxic. We can start finding solutions in ourselves to save our sparkle, we can raise our finger up to the sky and say, aha, where can I anchor my personal meaning today? How can I highlight where I'm making a difference and give feedback to myself? And how can I activate this embodied energy? You can understand the four phases of a flow cycle. You can use this in your life. And then you can add that sixth vital sign of creativity to your vital sign set, asking your patients or yourself, what would sparkle in your eyes? When was the last time you played? Have you picked up your hobby lately? And maybe then in 20 years, instead of an epidemic of burnout and drug abuse and suicidality, we'll have a reclamation of embodied healers and patients that understand how to prime their brain for flow. So I have a game we can play, rock, paper, scissors. If you're familiar with the game, it's a one wonderful childhood game where rock beats paper, right? No, actually paper beats rock. See, here we go. Paper beats rock, scissors, cut paper, and rock smashes scissors. They all Have a purpose though. They're all creative tools. And this quiz is going to match you to your persona. Are you a rock, a paper, or scissors? If you're a rock, you are likely stable in your values and you can point to what's meaningful, but you have a hard time with momentum. You're unclear if you're making progress because you avoid time management. Now, if you're a paper, You're really good at following directions and you look good on paper. Your path looks very identical to everyone else's, but you're having a hard time finding your own values. So you have difficulty making decisions efficiently and congruently. Now you might be scissors. If you're clip, clip, clipping away, you love being busy and you move through life very efficiently. However, you might feel emotionally depleted because you're disconnected from flow. Now, whether you're rock, paper, or scissors, I have a plan for you, a restoration plan. So if you head to drlarasalier.com forward slash catalyst and click the button, play rock, paper, scissors, it'll be a 10 question test that will match you to your persona and then ask one simple email so that we can send you an action plan. You'll get a restorative plan based on your persona that will be filled with areas that can help you improve the deficiency that you're in. This all falls back to the aha restoration, anchor, highlight, activate. So I'd love for you to come and take the fun quiz and see, are you rock, paper, or scissors? Not one of them is good or bad. We all have elements, but we can use this to help you prime your brain for more creative flow. Thank you for listening and subscribing and keep coloring outside the lines. Thanks again for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst podcast. If you like this episode, please share with a colleague or a friend. And hey, did you know, if you share my newsletters, you also win prizes. I'm all about games. So head over to drlarasalyer.com and sign up get one of my newsletters if you play the rock paper scissors game you'll automatically be signed up for my newsletters and you can share those and win prizes mailed directly to you so keep coloring outside the lines and let's catalyze healthcare transformation together